John chapter 9, let's start reading in verse 1. It says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his master asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither at this man's sin nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And I love this passage right here because I love how the disciples, acting like a bunch of Baptists, they go and they see somebody in a bad situation and they automatically know somebody did something wrong. And obviously this man sinned or his parents did something wrong because only bad things happen to bad people. And boy, you want to just, you know, get annoyed out like crazy is try finding a group of Baptists who are just when it comes to how they declare, you know, what is the cause of someone's sin versus just the Satan working against them or God testing them. You know, if it's somebody we like and they're going through a bad, hard time, you know, the devil's fighting them. If it's somebody we hate, God's chastising them. And you know, we rarely get it right, do we? Most of the time, we just don't know. Most of the time, we're just pretty clueless to these things. And that's the problem with the disciples here. They had no idea. And their judgment that they made was unjust. It was wrong. Immediately, they see the situation and they're thinking, sin. Somebody sinned in this situation and they were wrong. That was a wrong, unjust thing for them to say. And we're going to continue speaking about spiritual healing. I want to talk this morning about spiritual healing through justice. Justice is so important. I don't think we, I think we underestimate how important it is. And I believe one of the reasons we have such a spiritually broken society is because there is no justice. I think one of the reasons that we see so many people that are just in turmoil and having all these problems is because there is very little justice anymore in this country. We've still got some in some areas. There's areas where we're doing pretty good. I mean, if you get caught speeding, you still get tickets. But, you know, if you're a pedophile, good luck getting what you have coming to you. But, you know, we do have some justice in some areas, but in other areas, we don't. And because of that, people are being severely damaged. As a society, when we fail to be just, as a society, we damage people greatly. And we have a very damaged society because of the lack of justice that is in our world today. And many times we have very uh, many people, even in churches, they get into churches and there's injustice done. And it does great spiritual harm to them at a level that it can be fixed without super, you know, supernatural divine intervention. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Whenever you read the stories of the miracles, stop focusing so much on the cool miracle that was done, but ask yourself, what is the spiritual message? What is the spiritual application? And I'm going to show you later as we go through, the, as we go through this, that this miracle that Jesus did of healing a man who was blind, this was about justice and about teaching judgment. And we're going to see the spiritual application in a little bit. But at the same uh, at the same time, though, before we do that, I want us to look at a few verses just showing how important justice is. Because I'm afraid, and understand, whether you like it or not, you're part of this country, you're an American. And when we do things wrong as a society, we all suffer for it. And we ought to, and we need to be scared at the lack of justice that's going on in this country because we all play a part in that. We all get hurt by it. And the damage that's being done to others is a result of it. God's not just going to let it go. It's going to come down on all of us. So we should always be standing up for that which is just and righteous. We don't just get to declare ourselves exempt from it and separate ourselves from it. We can't do that. It's, just, it's not going to work. 
And so judgment is important. So, for example, uh, I'm going to go through several verses here. You can try to follow along. But uh, Proverbs 20, verse 10, it says, Divers' weights and divers' measures, both of them alike, are alike abomination to the Lord. Okay, now why is he talking about divers' weights? Well, they used to trade things and they would figure out, you know, the worth of something by the weight and they would measure it up with other things. And sometimes they would have divers' weights, meaning they had ones where they can kind of cheat a little bit. If they were measuring different kinds of metals, they had a system back then that they used. I have no idea what it is, but it was expected to be something accurate there, okay? Today, the closest thing we probably have to that is like a currency exchange. Okay? Last time I went to a currency exchange, I had some uh, money from Canada that had been given to me when I was in Canada. And so I went to a currency exchange and I was amazed at how little American money I got back for that Canadian money. And I remember thinking, did they cheat me? <laughs> but, but I didn't know what the rate was. I, you know, I didn't know all that stuff. So I'm just like, I just, I don't know. I just, and that place just seemed shady. And I did. I just walked out of there and I'm like, I think I got ripped off. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know. You know, and I don't, I don't know for sure. And the truth is, if they had divers weights in there, you know, if they, if they were able to tell this guy doesn't know what he's doing and doesn't know what he's supposed to get, and so they used a different, you know, formula for me, that's wicked. That's an abomination. They might have done it right. I don't know. I don't, but I, I was just, I was shocked. But, um, you know, we, you know, it'd be easy to do that kind of thing. Because a lot of people are just ignorant. That's wicked. We don't take advantage of people because of their ignorance. We should be honest all the time. Proverbs 20, 23, divers' weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. And a lot, of, and when it comes to how we judge, if we judge one way for one group of people and another way for another group of people, that's divers' weights. That is an abomination. That is wrong. That is wicked. We should not treat you know, the white people one way and the black people another way. And there was a time in our country where that kind of thing went on. That was wrong. You know, and people had a right to be upset by that kind of thing. It says in Deuteronomy 25, 13, Thou shalt not have in thy bag divers' weights, a great and a small. Thou shalt not have in thine house divers' measures, a great and a small. But thou shalt have a perfect and just weight. A perfect and a just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. And let me tell you, there one area where we have an unjust balance and in uh, divers' weights is in the court system today too because rich people always get treated better and differently than poor people. If you can afford the good lawyers, you're going to get treated differently than the guy who's going to get the public defender. That's wrong. That is dead wrong. That is wicked. That's the country we live in. And we wonder why we're losing freedom. We're wondering why we're losing, you know, what our founding fathers started more and more. You know why? Because we're not just and our days are being shortened and it's only a matter of time and we're going to lose what we've had that's preserved us as long as, it, as we have been preserved. And pretty soon it's all going to go away. Proverbs 11.1, 1, a false balance is abomination of the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Proverbs 16.11, a just weight and balance are the Lord's all the weights of the bag are his work. Ezekiel 45, 10, ye shall have just balances and a just ephah and a just bath. So we can see over and over again throughout the Old Testament, God's warning about these false balances and just judging things different. That is an example of that. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7. 
Matthew chapter 7, very well-known passage of Scripture, at least the first two words anyway uh, of this passage. But let's read it all. It says, Judge not that ye be not judged. Why? For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So notice here, listen, everybody hates a hypocrite, and everybody hates a hypocritical judge. And when you have one measure, so example, you know, I'm going and I'm just ripping on somebody, you know, for something really petty and small, okay? You know, and then I go and I'm doing something far worse, but yet I'm all over you. You know, that's, I'm using different measures, aren't I? I've got divers' weights, you know? I'm, I've got one person in the church that maybe they, you know, they like a comment against me on Facebook and I throw them out of the church for railing, you know? But they're also poor and don't have any money. We've got somebody that has money in the church, you know, they flat out say something nasty against me, and I give them a pass. You know, it's called diver's weights. Hey, I listen to preachers brag about their diver's weights. You know, well, I, I treat my friends this way, but, you know, you're not my friend, you get treated another way. Well, you better be careful with that type of thing. You know, you better be careful having diver's weights. Those are an abomination. And if, and if we're going to, you know, as a pastor, if I'm treating one group of the church one way and another group another way, that's wicked. I need to have a just balance. I need to have, I can't have divers weights in my bag. That is an abomination and everybody hates it. Something that's an abomination, that's something that, you know, it, it disgusts us. It's something that's unnatural. It's just not right. And everybody knows, okay? It's just, it's in our nature to know that things should be fair. And even, and sometimes things are, even if they're, they're perceived as unfair, even if they're not, they make us go crazy. Like for example, too, even little kids. If they see you let one of the siblings do something that you won't let them do, they freak out, don't they? You know, why do they get to do it? And a lot of times there's a reason. You know, maybe they're older or whatever. But if they see something that they perceive as an unbalanced or diver's weights, even as a little kid, they're disgusted by it, aren't they? You know why? Because everybody hates a hypocrite. And let me tell you something. In the IFB world, there's there's been... You know, and, I, and I'm sure it's like this in every religion, but I'm from the IFB. It's all I really know. But one of the reasons we get a lot of grief is because there's divers' weights. That's why. There's divers' weights. You know, we have this rules for thee and not for me attitude. We've seen that a lot. You know, being unequal when it comes to who we reprobate or declare unsaved and things like that. You know, being a respecter of persons and calling it loyalty. You know, that's... That's divers' weights, and we wonder why we get criticized. We wonder why everybody spazzes out and throws a big fit about every little thing we do. You know why? Because everyone hates a hypocrite. Everyone hates a cheat. Everyone hates a thief. Somebody who has divers' weights, that type of thing, is an abomination. Proverbs twenty nine twenty seven says, An unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. So, And here's the reason, too, why the IFB... I think gets more scrutiny than other people because when it comes to condemning sin and being against stuff, we tend to be the most extreme, don't we? 
we tend to be the loudest about how wicked everyone is, about how bad everything else is. And there's other people out there that think things are bad too. But they're not out there running their mouth about it. And so when we get up and we're like, these people are scumbags, they just need to drop dead, I hope they die, people are going to hold us to a higher standard than the person who's maybe who hates it just as much, but maybe they just don't use the same language that we do. And so, what, so whenever people hear me, if they hear me get up and just pronounce all this horrible judgment on somebody that doesn't do something that I don't like, or that does something that I don't like, then everybody's going to use that same measure with me. And I don't know if I want people using that kind of measure with me. But that's what everybody's going to do. You know why? Because you shouldn't judge someone in a way that you don't want to be judged. Because if you do, you're a hypocrite. Everybody hates a hypocrite. It is naturally repulsive. We love talking about homosexuality and how it's an abomination, how it's unnatural. But so is just being two-faced, having diver's weights and an unjust balance. That is repulsive. It's repulsive in another way. But it's bad. Everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. And you know, some people, I guess if they want to keep this up, they just need to do like the homos and just start a crooked crack, you know, pride campaign, you know, and we need to start being supportive to those who are, you know, hypocrites and crooks and liars and cheats, and, and then maybe they'll start getting some respect, too. You know, we'll come up with some kind of flag for them, but um, I'll be against them, too. But anyway, you know, because he, so Proverbs 21.3 says, to do justice in judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. You know, nobody cares about your personal good that you do when you're unjust to others. You know, congratulations, I'm glad you helped that old lady across the street, but, you know, you tripped that other one, you know, just for a laugh, okay? You're, you're a terrible person, okay? We're all going to see you as a terrible person if you do that kind of thing. Great, you, you did something really nice for your friend, but the person who was not your friend, you treated them like garbage. I mean, have, am I the only one that's ever seen this type of thing and it just disgusts you? It angers you, and it is, it's especially hard when you see somebody being that way to somebody else, and, and you're the one they treat like garbage, and you are the one that injustice is being done to. That's painful, isn't it? It's a very hard thing, and it's a wicked thing. God hears the cries of these people who receive injustice, and God hates that. It's an abomination to him. And so it's important that we understand the importance of justice because I'm afraid as Americans today, we've just kind of forgotten about it. You know, we just, we've just gotten used to the fact that people are crooked, that things are bad, and that you're just probably not going to get justice most of the time. And I think that's sad. But turn over to Luke chapter 18 because injustice done to individuals, it is spiritually devastating for these people. I, I don't, I think too many times we just are so self-centered. As long as it doesn't affect us, we're fine. But we need to realize Things affect other people in a big way. And Jesus is speaking a parable unto them. He says, He speaks this parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, and there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. 
Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Notice how it's a widow here, okay? It's a widow, maybe somebody that doesn't have a whole lot to contribute to society, and but somebody, though, who has a, a need, has somebody who is wronged, somebody who needs justice done, and this person is crying out, and this king, he's not a God-fearing man. You know, but at the same time, he just kind of got tired of hearing from this woman. So he deals with it. God wants us to be that way with him when it comes to wrong that's done to us because it's important to God and it should be important to us. And when people do us wrong, I mean, it is. It's a big deal in the Bible. It doesn't tell us here what it was in the story that was done. But let's think about this today. When do we often see maybe widows or just you know, uh, you know anybody begging for justice and making a big deal. Usually when we see it today, it's when maybe they had a child that was killed, a child that was murdered. Okay, Now, why is it that they make such a big deal about justice for their child? Is that going to bring their child back? I mean, why can't they just be forgiving, right? You know, this, this little boy who was just shot that the news media wants to ignore? You know, why do the parents care why can't they just be forgiven? Let me tell you something. There's a reason that they care. And it's because to just let that go is to dishonor the life of that son. And something needs to be done. And society does not have the right to forgive that and to just turn a blind eye to that. We don't, we don't have the right to that. We see in First Kings, we're not going to turn there, but you all know the story about the two harlots that had the two children. One of them died in her sleep during the night. The mother came. Other mother uh, went and switched the children. They went before Solomon. Solomon said, "Hey, let's just divide the child in half," knowing that you know what he, you know, in his wisdom, he knows the real mom's going to speak up. But it's funny how he's getting away with this too, because the people in that land they're going to kill the child. But you know, it's just the child of two harlots. Who cares? Well, you know what? God cared, because even though they were harlots, they had feelings. They had love for their children, and justice needed to be done. And when all of a sudden it revealed who the true mother was, and people saw that wisdom of Solomon, they greatly feared. Because they're like, and they realized we have a good king here with great wisdom, because not only is he able to figure out the truth, but he cares about justice, even for the harlot. And that and 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 at that time, Solomon was a very good king. And when we just ignore justice for victims, we as a society are saying they are not important. We see in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 10, after Cain kills Abel, it says, and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. What's going on here? Blood has been shed. A man is dead. But you know what? At this time, there's only a few people on the earth Somebody and, and you know somebody needs to cry out for justice when somebody is killed, when somebody is murdered, and his own blood was crying out to God. And you know what? God heard that cry, and it, and God came to deal with Cain. And so the reason, so parents too, the reason they want justice so bad for their murdered children is because they don't want to just let it go and dishonor the life and devalue the life of their children. This needs to be dealt with. And so many people today are in severe pain. Because of injustice has been done to them, and nothing has been done about it. That's why so many people who have been sexually abused, we talked about that a little bit last week. Okay, They have been severely wronged, 
and nothing got done. Because when it comes to sexual abuse, it's always behind closed doors. It's always when nobody else is around. You know, these perverts, they know how to protect themselves and to cover their tracks. And many times, and listen, you know, it's hard. It is hard for us as a society to do justice, you know, based on one witness. And a lot of times there's just not a lot of evidence. And we need to figure out and do everything we can to get to the bottom of these things. But no matter what, when a pervert does something to somebody, something needs to be done about it. Okay? And whatever we can possibly do as a society to get to the bottom of things and to figure it out and do something about it, it needs to be done. And when we ignore it, you know, and when, when victims of abuse come and they speak to the proper authorities, not necessarily just go to the Internet. You know, but go to the proper authorities and then they just get ignored. We're telling them, you know what? You don't matter. That's what we're, that's what we're telling. You know, and this whole, for and you know, when it comes to anybody that we deny justice to, we are saying they don't matter. Now, that's what this whole Black Lives Matter thing is supposed to be about. They feel like they're not getting justice and many times they haven't. And so they've taken that Black Lives Matter thing which it's true black lives do matter, but unfortunately, they've allowed an organization run that movement that's just full of nut job left-wing perverts, you know, and they've taken away from the real message of it. They've hijacked that message to the point that it's like, you know, decent, just people don't want to say black lives matter. But I will say the lives of black people do matter. I don't want to say black, you know, just because I, I don't want to be associated with that wickedness. But there are people in the black community who have been wrong, who have been treated unjustly, and they do. They feel like they don't matter. And I wish those people would stand against the Black Lives Matter crowd, for, you know, and, and condemn them for hijacking that phrase and, you know, allowing it to just promote every bit of left wing garbage that's out there. But I do. I understand. I understand why people who have been wrong, why they throw a big fit, why they're upset. They care, they, you know, they have, the lives of their children matter to them and they want justice. And so we need to, we need to understand there are some things our government has no right to forgive. We have no right to forgive child molesters. We have no right to forgive murderers. And we have no right to do that. When we do, we're saying those people don't matter. They did major spiritual damage, and we just ignore it. These people need to be dealt with, and they need to be dealt with severely so the victims that are still alive or even the families of victims who are dead can at least know that justice has been done. And then they can heal. But when we don't, when we don't have justice, then they don't have any way to heal. And so many people today are still suffering because they have been severely wrong, and nothing has been done about it. You know, society... so. This is hard for people to accept, and this is why, too, one of the things that often gets criticized, and I, I know, you know, sometimes it's just not legit, but, you know, have you ever wondered why is it that women always come forward uh, against their abusers when they're running for office? Okay. Now, a lot of times it looks like they're just looking for fame, media attention, things like that, but I do believe one of the reasons many people finally come forward when people are running for office is because when you, like, so me, let's say I did something horrible to you. I did something just really bad and it really hurt you and just nothing was able to be done. I mean, those are hard for people to deal with.
But then let's say some years down the road, you've tried to move on, but then you still have the scars of that. You've never been healed because there's never been any justice. And then you see me being honored and promoted and lifted up. You know how hard that's got to be for some of these women, you know, that have been groped by Joe Biden to see him, you know, get the Democratic nomination for the presidency, you know, I mean, or, you know, the women that Donald Trump has messed with to see these guys getting elevated to the highest office in the land when they know these guys should be behind bars. You know how bad that's got to hurt? I think that's why a lot of them come forward then. Some of them are. Some of them are gold diggers. Some of them are looking for media attention. Some are probably even getting paid. But I do think there's a reason for that. That's why, too, you know, a lot of preachers in the ministry that have been accused of these things. A lot of times, it, you know, it, when the guy was a nobody, you know, they were able, you know, the women or the children were able to deal with it. But then when these guys start getting elevated, they start moving up the ranks. They hear some preacher just talking about how wonderful they are, and they just can't stand that. And it drives them crazy to hear a man that they know is a pervert, one who has abused them, one who damaged them, to hear him elevated. Well, you better believe that's going to make these women mad. And they should speak up. You know, and, and, and I wish I wish everyone would speak up right away. But sometimes they do. They get scared. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. It's tough. But I just say all that to say that when injustice is done, we need to understand how damaging it is to people. And there's a lot of people out there, they are all messed up because they have been wronged greatly and it has hurt them and, you know, and they might be behaving in, in ways that they shouldn't, but it's because they're damaged. You know, they need Jesus Christ and we often don't realize just how bad, you know, how, how deep hurt goes sometimes. And we could talk about a lot of different ways, too. You know, church splits is another area, okay? I've been a part of a church split before. And let me tell you something. Nothing that I've experienced in the ministry world does more damage to people spiritually than a church split. It's ugly. And let me tell you, it often takes years for people to get over. I thank God, you know, in the nine years we've been here, we've been blessed and haven't had any church splits. But when those things happen, it can get ugly and the damage can be severe. And it's, and it's hard. You know, it's hard to get over that stuff. People really struggle with it. You know, it's real easy for us if we see another church struggling to just say, you know what, y'all just need to be forgiving. But, you know, it's hard when you see the person who did the damage seemingly getting off scot-free many times. Or if you see the person that was done wrong being elevated, lifted up, praised, that kind of thing. It's hard when you know the truth. That is a very difficult thing for people to deal with. And, you know, we need to be a little understanding with that type of thing. We need to understand there's people out there, maybe they didn't wrong us so much, but they wronged other people, maybe people that we're friends with, people we care about. And so while maybe we're not directly involved, you know, while we don't want, you know, maybe, you know, we don't want to get involved, you know, at the same time, too, we don't just have the right to say, you know what? I forgive them. I'm going to let it go. We don't have the right to do that. All right. If you want, if you just want an example to make it easy, Adam Fandon. All right. You know, that's, that's, he's in the news right now with the stuff that he's doing. And, you know, obviously we weren't directly affected by that or anything, but there was a great wrong that was done there. And so, 
you know, while it didn't affect us, we're not just going to go and be like, ah, you know, it's all good. You know, we'll be your buddy. You know, you didn't hurt us. No, that was wrong what was done. And I don't believe justice has been done in that situation. I, I, I believe justice will be done. I definitely believe that, but I don't believe it has been done yet. And I don't necessarily know what all needs to be done. And I don't want to be the one to administer the justice. But I will say when it comes to, you know, people like that, we're not just going to go and act like we're so loving, we're so forgiving. You know what? We're going to go give him a big hug. Why can't the rest of you give him a big hug? We're not the ones that the wrong was done to. And that's why we don't do that with perverts either. Oh, you know, we forgive Cameron Giovanelli. You know, you know, we're, well, we want to restore him. We're in the business of restoration. Wait a minute. First, he needs to make things right with his victims. And in his case, he needs to be put down. So, you know, there's no restoration there for him. But until, until these guys can make things right, and if I did, if I had a desire, you know, to be friends with somebody that split a church, you know, that did something really bad, you know, I would tell them, hey, you gotta go make up with them first. You were wrong, and I don't have the right to just act like nothing happened and be like you didn't hurt me. Just leave it alone. No. You need to take care, you need to go take care of things there, and then come talk to me, you know, about darkening the door of our church. That, and that, that's why I would handle something like that. And it's because I recognize the deep, you know, pain that can be caused from that type of thing. And I don't think we ought to take it lightly. And so we're not gonna, we're not gonna go defending people like that. That's not our place to do that. But we, and, and, and when that happens, we, we do want to pray for healing. And I believe the key to, you know, healing, what would help heal is justice. You know, justice, justice needs to happen. And in the case of somebody who, you know, does stuff in churches, obviously we don't, you know, we don't, we're not even supposed to go like hang him or anything like that. But we could at least, you know, maybe if everybody just recognized what they were and treated them like what they are and just, you know, broke fellowship. Then I think that would at least help. But anyway, look what, but look what it says in John 9.15. But here's what we've got to understand, okay? And this is where we're going to go back to the story. True healing from injustice, it can only come through Jesus Christ. So notice what it says in John 9.15. We're going to just kind of jump around this passage. We're not going to go through the whole thing. But it says, Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. Notice these Pharisees, who were hypocrites, couldn't figure out how a guy, you know, who was a sinner would be able to do miracles. Well, here's your first problem. You're wrong. You're, you're wrong on your judgment of that man. How could something good happen to somebody like this? How could somebody that we don't think is good do something great? Like this, these guys are misjudging the situation bad. They practically got this guy on trial for getting his sight back. That's pretty much what's going on here. Verse 24, then again, called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, where I was blind, now I see. Then said they unto him again, what did he to thee? How open he thine eyes? Jump down to verse 30. The man answered and said to them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. 
Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth, since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. And Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when they had found him, he said to him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? So notice how these guys, not only did they completely misjudge the situation, but then they did this man an injustice and they cast him out just for getting up and telling a truth that they didn't like. Okay? And then Jesus asked him if he believed in the Son of God. And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, look at this, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin Remaineth. So notice in this story here how Jesus, after he heals this man that was born blind, he said, I came into this world for judgment. I came into this world for judgment. He said, I'm going to make those who can't see where they're able to see. Now, what does he mean by that? Now, obviously, there's a spiritual message there. But in this story, what do we have going on here? Everyone is misreading this situation, aren't they? The disciples got it wrong. The Pharisees got it wrong. I mean, they're having a, uh, practically having a trial with this guy. Nobody knows what's going on. But you know what? Jesus came to just kind of clear everything up and help everyone to see. And he said that those who are able to see, I'm going to make them blind. Okay, And, what, and it's very clear what he meant by that. If you don't think you have sin, I'm going to blind you. You're not going to know what's going on. You're not going to be able to see things clearly. And you see, everybody has just we naturally have a strong desire for justice to be done but you know what a truly just person though must also accept the consequences of their sin okay y'all understand that we like talking about justice when we're talking about other people we're talking about oj simpson you know if we're talking about you know uh you know epstein's already dead or you know know, whoever the pervert is whatever you know jb prisker you know hoping he'll go to prison one of these days you know we all we all are like that, but what the, but a truly just person, though, if I can actually see things clearly, okay, if the blinders have been removed from my eyes, and all of a sudden now I'm able to look at all the situations, and I can judge things righteously, you know what I'm going to do? I'm also going to be able to see my situation, and I'm going to be able to judge righteously, and you know what I'm going to see in my own life? Condemnation. I deserve hell. I deserve to be in hell with my back broke. I mean, I just, I mean, I'm going to realize, man, I'm in trouble. You see, this is the problem that people have in the religious world today. The people who think they're going to work their way to heaven, they're looking at themselves sitting in a church pew and they're thinking, I go to church, I put my money in the offering, I do this, I do that, I'm going to heaven. You know, they're as blind as a bat. They're, they're, as, they're as blind as a bat. They see what we're doing and, you know, they, they criticize our soul winning Act like it's not doing anything. You know why? Because they're not they're not seeing works. But the truth is, they can't see anything at all. They think that somehow they are better than that person who believes on Christ but isn't going to church. They somehow think that because they go to church and do a few outward things that they're better. Now, you and I 
who have had the, who have been given our sight, we see through that. It's like we're still sinners too. We still don't deserve to go. Today we're in church. Some of us we're going to go out soul winning this afternoon, and we still don't deserve to go to heaven. And we get that. We see that. That's that's clear to us. You know, and 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 we got that because of we've seen Jesus Christ. Like this man saw Jesus. So anyone who gets a look at Jesus is going to realize they are unjust themselves. And so, yes, if you're a victim of some kind of you know terrible thing, you were done wrong. They should get justice. But you know what? You wronged others yourself, too. And people need justice against the things that you've done, too. That's what should happen. And you might not think your wrong was as big of a deal, but you know, all our wrongs put Jesus on the cross. Okay? So, uh, yeah, I know I did some little thing, but nobody got hurt. Uh, actually, Jesus hung on the cross for it. Y'all realize that? The perfect, sinless Son of God was nailed to a cross for your little sins. So when we realize that, you know what we're going to start doing? We're going to start rejoicing at seeing mercy done to others. Okay, because when Jesus gives you sight, all of a sudden you see yourself as you really are, and you know what we do? We immediately become a lover of mercy. That's exactly what happens. You know, you know, if you see, you know, let's say you're going to go to court for, you know, speeding or something. Okay, something maybe some small like speeding, and the person who goes to the judge before you, if you hear him get up there and he was doing the exact same thing you are, and you're like, man, this is the same situation I was in. He was going the same speed over, all that, and then if the judge shows him mercy, you know that's going to comfort you. You're going to be glad. When he gave that guy mercy, because it's like, well, if he gave him mercy, he's probably going to give me mercy too. Because isn't that what a righteous judge would do? And so in that situation, you're going to love mercy. Because you realize, I'm guilty of the same thing he did, therefore, hallelujah for mercy. And when we start realizing that we're guilty of all these sins, we're going to start rejoicing in mercy. We're going to start thanking God for mercy. And, and, and when it comes to mercy... It needs to be from the one who is allowed to give it. Okay? Again, society is not allowed to be merciful to murderers and perverts. Okay? Now, if the victim chooses to be merciful, you know what? They can do that, and we should be we should be rejoicing that and be thankful for that. But you know, it's like you know. It, so for another example too, you know, a person in a church who's been divorced, they often rejoice when they hear about God blessing. Someone else who's been divorced. You know why? Because it's like, hey, if God's merciful to them, he's going to be merciful to me too. You know what those people do who can see? They become lovers of mercy because they realize what they deserve. And so when you get a hold of this truth, you're going to all of a sudden completely understand Matthew 7, 1, where it says, Judge not lest, or that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with me what measure ye meet, it should be measured to you again. All of a sudden, you're going to realize that, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Since I now realize I'm guilty of a bunch of stuff, I'm going to go be really merciful to everybody that's guilty against, of stuff against me. Because I want God, I'm going to stand before God one day, and even in our life, the way God deals with us, the way God blesses us, is going to be with the measure that we are meeting with other people. 
So you know what I'm not going to go do? I'm not going to go looking for reasons to condemn other people. I'm going to be looking for reasons to forgive other people. I'm going to be looking for a way to show mercy. If it's an area where I'm allowed to show mercy, you better believe I'm going to show mercy. If somebody comes along here and they want to split our church, hey, we as the church, you know what? That's an area we ought to look for an opportunity to be merciful in that situation and you know do whatever we can. But again, if, it's, if they do it to somebody else, we don't have that right. It's in areas where we are allowed to do that. If somebody steals from me, I can forgive them. But the police shouldn't, you know, unless I decide to not press charges. That would be wrong. That would be unjust. And if somebody is going to get off scot-free, if somebody is going to receive mercy for something that they did to me, I should be the one giving it to them, nobody else. And that's something we need to get in our head, too, because we do. We are always trying to tell other people what to do in these situations. You know, and it's like, hey, if, it's, if you're not involved, you just need to keep your knows out of it, you know, because a, a wrong's been done, and society does need to deal with these things, but I do, what I want to do, I want to be very merciful. When people do me wrong, I'm fine with being gracious to a fault. Why? Because if I do that with other people, God's going to do that with me. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let things go. I'm going to do good in return. You say, you know, you have no right to do that. Well, actually, we can because sins have been paid for by Jesus Christ. Did you know that we can we can be very forgiving to other people? We're not going to mess up the cosmic balance of the universe or something like that. If we don't get it right. Jesus took care of all that when he died on the cross. And he has given us the authority to forgive those things that, uh, where, where we have been wrong. And so the, the key is what you need to get from the story of this man that was given his sight is what we need today is we need God to restore our sight and to help us see that which is just clearly. Not something that's just one-sided. Not like some people that know how to see the faults of everyone else, but they can never see their own fault. You know, we need to say, Lord, give me sight. And when we get that sight, we're going to see what's wrong with us, and we're going to realize what is just for me is for me to be under the chastisement of God, to be thrown into hell, that's what I deserve. And when we realize that, but you know what? God didn't do that with me. God has been gracious to me. He's shown mercy to me. We're going to become a lover of mercy. When we realize, even as a saved person, just based on some of the things I've done, I should get punished. I should get that, you know, have my car break down. And I should have, you know, something fall apart in my house and all these terrible things. But I don't want that to happen. I want God to give me mercy and I'm just going to start looking for opportunities to give mercy. And I believe God wants that. Micah 6, 8 says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. I love how you put do justly. Sometimes people just think that's cutting everybody's heads off. But no, we ought to love mercy too. Anywhere where we have an opportunity or the authority to show mercy... We ought to do it. That, that ought to be the way we do it. And you don't have to. Okay? If you want to be Mr. Hardcore Judge, everyone's condemned, everybody's bad, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, did you know that that's just and righteous? But you better behave yourself. You better. Let me tell you something. Anybody that would say, I'm all for an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
That is a very self-righteous person that doesn't think they have any sin. And you are, but folks, we should have had our sight restored by now. If our sight has been restored, forget that eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth thing. You know what? Thank God, Jesus took all my beating on the cross. I'm going to start, I'm going to become a lover of mercy, and I'm going to be all over that because I need it every day. I see the guilt in my own life, and so I hope this will be a help, and you can get that spiritual healing and help other people. Help other people. And one thing you can do, if you're talking with somebody that's a victim of some kind of abuse that has been done wrong, first off, recognize the importance of them getting justice. You know, recognize the fact that, you know, we can't just go forgiving some people as a society. Maybe if, if they had enough people acknowledging with them that, that person's scum and deserves to go to prison or something like that, you know, that might help a little bit. And then we can teach them about how vengeance belongs to God. And then hopefully they can have the faith to realize God's going to deal with them in the end. And let me tell you, the perverts, the church splitters, all these people, God's going to deal with these people in the end. I can promise you that. But right now we've got to live by faith and just trust that God's going to do that. We might not get to see it on this earth, but we'll all get to see it one of these days. So I hope this will help. So let's pray to your Lord. I thank you so much for your word. I pray to your God that you will help us to uh, be lovers of justice, but also lovers of mercy. Help us to have those just balances. Help us not to get divers' weights and be respectful of the person, Lord, and just uh, be these experts at uh, you know justifying everything we do and just condemning everything everybody else does. But help us to uh, just be equal across the board and just ultimately lovers of mercy. Help us to help heal others of these uh, the, the pain and the damage that's been done through injustice, and I pray we can just make a difference and point people to you. In your name we pray. Amen.